Welcome to Fashion Forum, a series brought to you by the British Fashion Council aimed at creating positive change and highlighting the relationship between the creative industries, celebrating not only fashion designers, but also the broader creative community. Each episode welcomes a broad range of voices, sharing personal experiences as well as discussing the biggest issues in fashion today. I'm Zinya Kumar, model, CM accredited ecologist, colorism and ethnic representation advocate, and published scientist in human evolutionary biology and ecology. Today, I'm here to speak to Koshik Valendra, the London-based fashion designer. The first Indian-born graduate to graduate from the MA Fashion Menswear Program at Central St. Martins, Koshik debuted his collection at London Fashion Week Men's last year and was also shortlisted for the LVMH Prize in 2020. His pieces have been worn by supermodel Alton Mason for the Grammy Awards, Bollywood leading man Ranveer Singh for the Film Fair Awards, and most recently, the BFC Ambassador for Positive Change and Hollywood star Priyanka Chopra. He has recently opened up his studio in East London as a safe working space for Indian students struggling to find a creative space. Hi, Koshik. It is so fabulous to chat with you today. What an extraordinary journey you've had. Um, How did you get interested in designing fashion and has it always been an easy, straightforward path for you? It's been it's been a journey for my childhood, to be honest. I can't kind of just say that it was just interested in fashion. It didn't start with fashion. It started with identifying skills for me to survive and uh, mm. crafting and doing things and kind of uh, experimenting um, uh, different kind of jobs related to art and fashion and then eventually evolving and uh, finding out what I'm good at and uh, using all those experiences and finally getting to doing what I do today. I know you've had like an absolutely extraordinary path that hasn't mm-hmm. always been so easy. So, you know, how how do you maintain your persistence and where does your positive attitude come from? Um, I think I, I have to uh, owe that to my past, my, my, my life. It, it's been, it's um, everything I do today is integrated to what happened in my life back then and um, how I had to survive, how I had to educate myself, how I had to uh, to live. It kind of became, um, you had no excuses, no options. You had to just go there, get what you want. Mm-hmm. And I always dreamt big for my childhood. I always went for the most impossible things um, because it was one life. And I always believe we all have everything we have inside ourselves. and. Um, that kept pushing me to go forward. And uh, I think that's become something uh, something that's so important to me today because um, it's also helping a lot of people kind of understand how uh, I evolved in my journey and how mm. everything came together. So um, that, that's, just, that's just ingrained in me. I mean, it, it's quite a difficult, it's just like for me, um, I'm all about going, getting it done, um, making it happen, setting an example, um, and no excuses. So it's just keep mm-hmm. going. That's incredible. I feel like you kind of instill a lot of that energy into mm-hmm. your work and your pieces. You know, I know your pieces are all about impactful clothing with your signature power silhouettes and shoulders, and they're designed to give the wearer confidence and new energy. So does that kind of idea of transformation kind of come into your work and 
what are your collections inspired by and what is it that you wish to portray with your work and does that past kind of come into it today? It's all actually based on um, being the best version of yourself. You know, end of the day, we all wear clothes to look good, feel good. Um, we do things every day to become better. We study to become better. We do things to become better. We get, um, uh, we, it's kind of become my DNA. It's kind of what I do, what I believe in. And it's not just with clothes, even with construction, even if it's with um, the way I want to run my business, the way I treat my stuff, the way I would, um, have lunch with someone i would always bring about that feeling of making them feel extraordinary mm -hmm. um even if it's with um, um choosing buttons there's always something that's related to giving them or making them smile which is um it's just it's also comes down to my culture it's the kind of the way i grew up and the way um it's a very uh, i would say it's a very indian thing or it's kind of yeah. like you know to just make everyone happy and you know you have people just always giving you more and more food to eat but for me into the food i'm kind of putting it into skills into mm -hmm. into integrating integrating it into other other areas where i could uh, kind of make anyone experience that so my clothes are inspired by this one element about mm -hmm. how to make someone feel better so it's not mm -hmm. season based it's not based on say images of the past or the future or anything of that sort it's it's all based on human beings it's all based on your anatomy it's all based on the things that you need to survive you need to feel good things that make you mentally feel better when you wear them especially with like my bollywood background and especially with uh, growing up in that kind of an area uh, a lot of people always wanted to look a particular way and they wanted it to happen instantly they wanted to be like okay so i need to even if you don't have a six pack you want to look like you've got like six packs like how is yeah. that even possible some people have insecurities within their body which they tend to find other kind of clothes to layer it on to find like shoulder pads etc so i just thought how about i start creating clothes that constantly evolve um um evolve technology evolve construction evolve tailoring as a whole such a way that even if it's a trouser it does mm -hmm. something to you it kind of yeah. makes you feel satisfied it makes you feel like um okay you've got great legs you don't need to worry about it or you've yeah. got a shirt that like maybe covers your love handles or you don't need to go into another size if you have some mm -hmm. or if you're insecure about it or if people talk about your shoulders not being very graceful or uh, the chest not being um, big enough but it's more where you have solutions to every aspect of your body through my clothes and what i create and this is an a never ending inspiration to be honest because i can i can never stop because no one stops complaining everyone wants mm. to be better every day mm. so i'm Always. here for that so it's kind of what i base my entire um my creativity process and construction and thinking on I, I love that. I feel like there's quite like um, a holistic way of thinking about things because it's not just, you know, this outfit for this collection inspired by this, but it's, it's you know, when you start to find inspiration from people, all those emotions and their culture and each mm -hmm. individual difference comes into your work. So I feel like your work's really about also um, evolution and transformation as well, mm -hmm. especially, you know, as you were talking about with your past background with um, 
you know, when someone wanted a six pack, like how can you yeah. create a six pack? And this idea yeah. of transforming, you know, the self into the ideal self as well. And it's kind of like that, this beautiful, the play on, because yeah. it's all about confidence. It's true. And it's also taught me how to be inclusive in so many ways, because now there, were, there was always uh, like I, if for example, I, I, I liked a particular outfit and I felt that I, maybe I wasn't, but I felt like I was too big to fit into it, you know, or I might not have the perfect kind of arms to wear that shirt. And I would forget about that entire vision of a designer of whatever has been created. But I've wanted to change that. So even today, when we do fittings, when we cast um, our models or when we have a show, we try to get all body types, all walks of mm-hmm. life, all kind of people with different backgrounds, different, um, say, features in, in our space. So it's like, it's almost become like one size fits all in some of our mm. constructions where you don't need to be this way or you don't need to think you need to be this way. You could just actually wear it and it will work for you. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of given me a lot more of a thinking process than just being, um, you know, just being uh, in one-sided, it's more, it's really worked as a 360. Mm. I mean, in one sentence, how would you describe the Mason Valendra wearer? A person who wants to feel like a star. I love it. I love it. I think that it definitely encapsulates. Yeah, it's, it's this bringing out the best version of yourself. I think that's beautiful. It's, it makes it so inclusive. Because yeah. I know sometimes I, I I try on pants from certain designers yeah. and because, you know, they're not designed for Indian like bums. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> I feel like, you know, this is too tight here. Yeah. But actually it's just the way it's constructed. So yeah. I love that, you know, you're challenging that as well. No, thank you. Um, and the, the Indian bums, yes, like I have the problem <laughs> as well. So I, um, I'm in another problem with an asset. But so I have created my own glute trousers, which are based ah. on your glute muscles and your quads. So it lets you embrace yourself within being on the same size so it's pretty it's pretty interesting oh, so it's that's um, quite innovative yeah it it should work for indians in a long perspective oh, i'll have so. to definitely try i'll definitely have to try them yeah i know you applied 16 times before you were accepted to central saint martin's in the uk and yeah. after you were accepted you became the first indian born graduate of the ma in menswear program a revolutionary yes. and historic feat yeah So today you support the next generation by allowing Indian students who are struggling to find a safe, creative working space to use your studio. You know, as there are so few Indians and so few South Asian designers who can access spaces like Central St. Martin's and International Fashion Weeks, how is culture shock, lack of access and systemic ingrained discrimination within these spaces reducing access for South Asians in fashion? Um, it's a very interesting question and it's equally it's uh, a very important question because um, I'm a kind of a living example of whatever you've said in terms of mm-hmm. uh, culture shock and facing all of this uh, from India especially. So it's such an important issue because it's not got to do with different countries altogether. It's got to do with, I feel, a form of being informed. You know, mm-hmm. it's so diverse. The cultures are so different from 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 here and from there. It's just like when you come in, um, it culture shock plays hits you so hard that you lose all the time 
that you have because you're here for a short period of time, right? You make mm-hmm. it through a university, say you're here for like um, a, a few years and that's all the time you get to kind of build yourself and go out and get the world. But what if three-fourth of that time is taken away and you're figuring out how to walk, how to talk? Why do you mm-hmm. not fit into the space? Like what is, what is this big building that you've never seen in your life before? Or where are your references coming from? So you're constantly checked. It's so, and this plays a huge impact on a lot of creative minds. This kind of lets people, um, you know, completely go off track from what they are mm. here to do. And, and for example, uh, there's not many people to, to kind of like go to. So when I came here, uh, with how many other times I attempted to come into the university. I mean, it has been over the years. It's not like once in 16. Yeah. Um, I've tried, 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 but I wanted to break through it because I wanted to find out why can't it be easy for all of us to get through? Because we all are equally creative. We all have what it takes, right? I mean, it's it's more about needing to find out what, what is it? Like, let me get that. Let me try, yeah. no matter what. So... I did. I came in and wow, it hit me equally because I didn't know, I didn't couldn't identify what a Waitrose or a Tesco's or, you know, it, everything starting from there, yeah. walking from the side of an uh, escalator. I had to be taught, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, don't stand in the way, you're going to get burned up. But how do, how am I supposed to know? Because it's so, it's so different. But I didn't have people to go to. Like, I didn't find a place where I could go and ask for help, um, someone who I could speak to, you know, someone who could understand what I'm going through right now, because I want to create, I want to get that, I want to be the best of myself, and I'm not able to because I have so much other things to deal with. And, um, and because there wasn't many people, there must have, but I couldn't find them when I was studying, um, but uh, I decided to do that for people who come in now, so kind of give out my space and a way to, to, to postgraduate students who, who, feel, yeah. um, who feel that they have someone who's come through that educational struggle and is kind of starting to survive and who's established here so they can come speak to me, use my space, feel confident, don't have to go through all of those things. So um, this is something that I've taken as an initiative to do and we're trying to build it. So far we have a mm-hmm. few students and it's going great. And hearing these stories, I don't know, it takes me so deep. It takes me so, mm-hmm. uh, makes me feel really bad because they don't know, they've lost so much time. It, it drives their confidence down completely. Mm. But for what? Because they've come here to do well, because they've crossed, this, crossed the border to be here, to study and to excel. They don't need to feel that. They have no reason to feel that. So, yeah. you know, um, this is an important thing. This is, um, it's not to say universities alone, because someone like Santa Sam Martins has everybody from every corner of the world, right? And if you see, there were black people who had black designers to go to, white people had white designers mm. to go to, you know, like Asians. I mean, also the word Asian was always put into one, but there's so much in yeah. Asia, you know, of where course. Japanese students had Japanese designers to go to, uh, Chinese students had Chinese to go to. So mm. there was no one for like uh, a few of us. There was no one for an Iranian much. There was no one much for, um, say, um, an Indian, a Sri Lankan. It was like, 
an empty space, right? Mm. And now, hopefully, people do know that there is someone here they can always come and yeah. come and speak to and feel comfortable with. So, like the importance of creating these kind of safe spaces and access for the next generation is all about creating that community where students who kind of feel and experience the same things as their predecessors like yourself from communities and minorities that are kind of very unrepresented have the opportunity to not only learn from their peers but also be supported by them which also helps to build confidence and um I guess make creativity flourish um I mean this is kind of like on topic but it's a little bit off this topic as well but it's to do with diversity and representation and you know personally I've noticed in fashion particularly not just in the UK but Europe and the US where there's been this large domination of black and white faces in terms of representation and Indians and South Asia as a region is um, you know the single largest diasporic group in the world at 2.1 billion and South Asians which include Indians are the largest minority in the UK after white Britons at 7% and this is followed by black representation at 3.4%. Yet when you look at, um, you know, organizations and things like, you know, British Vogue and London Fashion Weeks, they've had more Indian hair used on their covers and runways than they have Indian people represented. And in these spaces, Indian masculinity is not always viewed as sexy, especially in the West. Model and talent representation remains at fringe levels, if at all visible. And there's clearly a systemic glass ceiling for Indians and brown South Asians in accessing fashion which hasn't changed in decades. And, you know, personally, I've been annoyed a little bit by this. So I've been finding models of Indian and Asian descent and placing them with agencies worldwide, as well as being an educator and cultural advisor. Because personally, I feel if collectively, if the existing system that we're part of doesn't cater for us, we have to create the spaces and access ourselves for the community. So, you know, that was a bit long from my end, but what are your thoughts on this and how can the industry become more inclusive? What needs to change? Yeah. First of all, I'm very grateful to hear and I'm very happy to hear um, uh, what you're doing and the initiatives you do take towards this. It's not to say mm-hmm. it's not changing. I mean, these organizations that we spoke about are including um, more and more people um, and, and more and more brown skin and kind of becoming uh it, it's evolving so it's uh, but the truth is i think it comes down to universal acceptance mm. i feel that needs to really need to be needs to be redefined in a way because everything universal is considered to be just either black or white you know yeah. and um no i think it needs to india needs to also be a universal face um, um, Asia um, uh, uh, needs to be a universal face. There's so many other minorities that also need to be equal. Mm. So like in the Middle um, East as well. Absolutely, this because you need everything is universal today. I mean, if you talk about inclusivity, you have to include everybody. You know, in all in in all tones, in all colors, in all whatever you might say. You know, all kind of people, all cultures, all backgrounds, and I feel. Um, that's something, um, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for me even till today. It's a struggle for me, um, uh, for uh, everyone. It's, yeah. It is is what's going on and hopefully, um, um, you know, things like what you're doing and what I'm trying to do is kind of the only way to kind of set a mark because 
um, we have to house our own. You know, we have yeah. to help. We have to help um, everything that we do also become universal and what we support and India as a whole as well. Um, mm. It needs to happen across all industries as well. And the word universal and the way the world looks at the word universal needs to change because definitely it's um, it involves everybody and we all need to be there. 100%. I completely agree with you. And, you know, on this topic of changing imagery and identity, you know, in the, the history of Indian luxury has been a very long history. And, you know, India and South Asia during the medieval to the Victorian era was the epicenter of global luxury. This changed when the introduction of cheap mill cloth from England and the purveyors of English mill cloth from the British Raj there was a national attack of artisanal mill workers across India where fingers were chopped off, hands were broken, and entire artisanal weaving villages were destroyed. At this point, Indian luxury and artisanal fabric and heritage was lost to the world. The plants that produced these sustainable cottons and fabrics went extinct. And, you know, that today that rich Indian artisanal luxury fashion heritage still exists. It never went away. You know, most beading and embroidery by luxury fashion houses based in Europe and the UK are still being done in India. And there's an outdated image and identity of India that needs to be overcome in the West. And, you know, India and South Asia needs to yeah. reclaim its sustainable luxury artisanal heritage and move away from these stereotypes and Orientalist views that we didn't create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, f- for the first time since the Victorian era, I think Indian luxury clothing is facing a renaissance. And this time it is us, people like you, who are redefining our identity through our own eyes. And I feel like you are not only breaking these outdated orientalist stereotypes, but are also leading a very exciting luxury Indian renaissance. What does it mean to you and how important is it to showcase India's luxury heritage through your work? It's, to be honest, everything that I do, because it's so important. It's what we are about. And you can't take that away, you know, because it, it did, it, it's something that was the core of core of craftsmanship, a core of everything that we are about. So today, mm-hmm. even though my clothes are, could be a bit futuristic, could be, um, you know, uh, in tailoring, but it all comes down to one thing is that luxury craftsmanship and um, the kind of work that goes into it, the kind of, to kind of show the real kind of, um, um, the real kind of like essence of India in a way mm. because I'm surprised that it's actually gone away you know because it is so difficult even today to kind of like talk about it because it's such a different image to the mm. whole thing there is um, um, it's as you said there are a lot of artisans that even kind of we work with in India um, who are working for other big houses which um, they're never notified no one knows who's doing the work exactly it's just it's just it's just lost it's just where it's and it's not on the label it's not on the label more than that it no one knows and Mm. um and sometimes like i have uh, even customers getting surprised like where was this made when i tell them it was done in a village i was born in um in back in india um they would be surprised i'm like why is it surprised because this is what we are good at this is what we do gone away so now i think it's become my co-responsibility to bring that forward not in 
again saying not in the way that everyone thinks it should be forward in the way i think india really needs to be put forward which is um our heritage our craftsmanship our skills um and also it comes down to uh even the way you work because um this these skills are not just creative we're talking about communication we're talking about um personalities we're talking about hospitality we're talking about um a lot of um, mental healing we're talking about a lot of mm. things that are integrated with these even with beaters and weavers that's how they work that's how they live so i'm trying to kind of bring all these aspects through my work hopefully people get to see it but it's kind of what's needed and um it's 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 the truth and i just wish more people embrace this in a way that bringing out india for what it really is is so important and i'm so proud of the work that you do and i feel like you really bring that out and you know i can't wait to see your brand expand across the world and you know become this incredible global luxury brand you know india and south asia has had this long history of sustainable luxury fashion and how do you incorporate sustainability and your heritage into your collections i think my most important part is wastage which uh, even though has affected me in in large amounts but has actually contributed to what i believe in is not wasting uh so we've integrated this into our business models into the way we work instead of going again to the very direct method because everyone's doing their part in it whether you know choosing the right kind of dyes to kind of like uh, uh choosing the right kind of um 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 biodegradable things and materials but i wanted to kind of go after the core of the problem that was why are we making more than what's required why mm-hmm. are we constant constantly stocking buying wasting throwing away things that we don't need so i've started to work on a very capsulated uh business model where it kind of has um we make what's required we sell it we move on you know so there's nothing that's absolutely getting off the table and going into the bin or going into recycle bin or being sold off or being stocked up and adding up so this has really helped us it has made it more difficult not to say but it's it's working and it i feel it's a very interesting where a lot of people could work because you have so much more where you're you're cutting down on everything you're cutting down mm-hmm. from your site you know you're cutting down from everything that you can so you're not stocking and stocking unnecessary amount of garments you know making hundreds of one shirt 200s of one shirt not selling coming back where is it mm-hmm. going to go you know it's um and it's kind of like even from the number of buttons i count from the number of um, things i become very very what is really required and if not let's close everything start tomorrow and um it's uh, it's a way that it's really helped and it's a way that i wanted to i've been working towards for a long time to make it happen because i felt no one was in that segment of uh, mm-hmm. the sustainability because that is a core problem if buyers yeah. are going to constantly buy unnecessary garments in numbers and not be able to sell them it is going to create dead stock so i'm trying to take care of that where there are designers who are taking care of that stock the recycling the stock i'm trying to work towards solving the stock to even pile up mm i think that's you a know? great way to tackle it 
solve yeah. the problem before it even becomes a problem. Yeah, that, that's that's my perspective of it. And uh, when it comes to, I mean, this is also kind of one of the reasons where a lot of, uh, say, difficulties India faces with manufacturing, because they are in constant demand of so much quantities and things. And, mm. you know, and for me to start this in a country here, like here, and kind of like make other brands and people follow it will eventually lead to to countries like um, India and other countries where they might adapt to this methodology of actually going after the core problem of actually not mm. producing much, you know, yeah. and having more variety instead of quantity and more quality. So, you know, going back to how it used to be technically, you know, yeah. and, and it, it needs to, so I'm kind of trying to start this here so that it can migrate into other countries and other businesses eventually. I love it. And um, what three bits of advice do you have for the next generation of up and coming Indian designers? Uh, I think the first one would be to absolutely to stick calm to begin with and uh, not to panic and go for it. Go for it with your fullest. Because if you are here and you already made it here, there's nothing, there's no reason for you to stop. You know, you just have to go get your dreams, make it work. And the second thing is uh, you do not have to change for anybody. Being yourself, being who you are, embracing where you come from, what you believe in, your core values. You didn't have to change because someone else doesn't get it on this side of the turf. No, because that is what makes you special. And when that gets translated to your work, there's, there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah, and I think the third thing is, uh, I think um, to for the future generation, I feel it's very important for them to think about uh, certain important factors that are affecting the entire society and the world today. That is um, um, being as inclusive as possible. You know, you need in everything that you do. It's not just about the way you want to portray your runway or your catwalk. It's everything, your stuff, your, 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 uh, your production teams into, into every thought process needs to, you need to be accountable and responsible for everyone in the future. You need to create that future. So you have to be inclusive. You have to be as diverse as possible, which comes with inclusivity, but, um, yeah, it's it's like you need to start thinking in a way that also helps the core elements. You have sustainability, you have this inclusive problems that are going on there, and you have such a diversity issue that's still being faced. So, you know, these three things need to be there within whatever you do with your work or even in your personal life or your it's it's you end of the day and you're responsible for this. It's it's the future's in your hands. So I think um if they if they kind of concentrate on these elements, um well, yeah, I guess there would be absolutely fun. I mean, good. Amazing. Thank you for all of the amazing advice. And I wish you all the best with your incredible brand. Thank you very much, Sonia. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. 
Fashion Forum is a co-production between the British Fashion Council and In Talks With Productions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to find out more and join the conversation on social media, then head to londonfashionweek.co.uk or at London Fashion Week. <laughs>